0: Hello and welcome to Georgia's Poetry Workshop. I'm Georgia, a poet, qualified teacher, workshop facilitator, and I'm currently studying my MA in Writing Poetry at Newcastle University. Thank you very much for joining me for our first ever episode and first ever workshop. I've started this podcast to support anyone who wants to write poetry and anyone who feels they might not be ready for in-person workshops yet, or who needs a little bit of motivation or a few new techniques, ideas, and writing prompts. So this podcast is here to create that workshop space for you and help you develop your craft. The first section of this podcast today is focused on creative habits and how we can develop those. I'm going to begin by talking about finding time to write. If you're someone whose days are really full, all I want to ask you to do this week is to focus on writing down ideas. These could be images, interesting conversations, and generally concepts that you believe you could turn into poems. Once you have those, it will be much easier to set time aside, sacred time, just for you, in which you can write. If you feel like you're past that stage and just want to get writing, and yet your day is still busy, I would suggest setting smaller bursts of writing time aside, such as during your break or lunch, at work, or in the evenings or first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up. When I lived in London, I travelled every morning on the tube to my job and I spent all of that time reading and writing because it's all the time I had in the day, as I was a full-time teacher and a lot of the marking took place in the evenings. So in those 45 minutes, I was able to give myself some time to write and started building up a real bank of poems. This enabled me to put my portfolio together to begin my study at Newcastle University this year. In September, I was told to start keeping a writing journal, and it has been the most amazing thing. In this journal, I write down ideas for poems, times that I have felt really positive about my writing, and times that I felt quite negative about it. And you realise that the process of writing poetry... Or writing at all can be up and down but what this channel does allow is a sense of hope. Hope for your writing, hope for where you want to take it and hope that even when you have a block and you can't think and you can't come up with ideas that you have done in the past and you have a bank of ideas that you can then turn to. I'd like to share a little bit with you now from my journal so you can understand a bit more about what I mean. So on the 31st of October last year I was writing a poem about wrestling and I made some notes about how I started changing the poem. Here we go. Just wrote out my wrestling poem. Changed entire form, including the final line I was excited about. I can use it for something else instead. I've made every stanza end in an ing verb to convey beautiful movement, quatrains, structure of four corners of the ring. Just thought of this now. It was actually started due to the initial rhyme scheme I had when I wrote it down. Researched and added some wrestling terminology too. Pop, angle, title, also looks like angel, faces. That ending might only make sense to me. (laughs) Um, I put the word angle into the poem and then made it the title instead. So I can really understand my process and the way that I've thought about my work by using this journal and it helps me to consider how I might approach my writing moving forward. The third creative habit that I want to highlight and which does go alongside journaling is developing listening and observational habits. So when you're out in the world ensuring that you, your ears are Tuned into the world around you, or your eyes are, or you, you really focus on textures of things when you're out and about, be it a metal railing or the flavour of a cup of coffee. Last week, for instance, I saw a worm on the pavement three days in a row. The first day it was whole, the second day it was split in half, and the third day it was still there, split in half, in the same place. Now I haven't done anything with this image yet. But it struck me, it moved me, and it's something that I've included in my journal and my thinking. So hopefully it will develop into a poem. All I kept thinking was, why hasn't this worm been eaten yet? I'm quite interested in how animals, creatures, humans impact the ecosystem. And perhaps this is one of the reasons why the worm image stuck in my head. So writing down images and ideas that come to mind help you understand what you're interested in and the direction in which your poetry is going. Before I move on to the first prompt, I'd like to talk about a technique that I use in order to alleviate fear when it comes to writing poetry. I think a lot of fear that I personally feel, and perhaps you do too, comes from this literary history that we have these canonical poets that make a huge impression on us and shape the world. And of course, poetry. They might be someone like Audre Lord, Langston Hughes, Wordsworth, Coleridge, Wilfred Owen, Elizabeth Bishop, such important literary figures. Contemporary writers might spring to mind as well. Someone like the poet laureate, Simon Armitage, the poet laureate before him, Caroline Duffy, or someone prolific, like Caroline Bird, who wrote her first collection at 15 years old, I believe, which is amazingly impressive. I've come up with a way of addressing this fear, and I call it Anarchist Poetics. This idea initially stemmed from reading David Graeber's Fragments of an Anarchist Anthropology, which is a short essay that I really recommend anyone reading. So the technique of Anarchist Poetics is imagining poetry not as a literary hierarchy but imagining that the poets you love are sat at the table with you when you begin to create and you have a creative dialogue with them. In anarchist political groups the people part of these groups have a creative dialogue with one another. They don't compromise, they instead talk through and imagine other creative solutions to any issues together. So I think of approaching poetry in this way. So if you've been trying to live up to or write just like a poet, try to envisage how they might be able to support you with your art. The final prompt is going to show you how I use the anarchist poetics technique in my writing. But before that, I'd just like to have a pause to give you an opportunity if you have the time. Or some free writing. Free writing is when you have about seven to ten minutes to just get everything out on the page in order to clear your mind and start writing. So you can either start this without a prompt, or I can give you one. Today I'll give you a prompt, and it is going to be corridors. You can use that word as the title, or you can include it in your piece, but thinking about corridors and see where that word takes you. So I'm going to leave a three-second pause now so that anyone who wants to pause the podcast can and then come back to us in seven to ten minutes once you've had a little bit of free writing time to hear the final prompt. Welcome back to George's Poetry Workshop. If you did have that time for a break and a bit of free writing, if not, thank you for staying with me. I'd just like to take this opportunity to ask that if you find this workshop interesting and supportive for your writing and can afford to please consider donating the equivalent of a cup of coffee to me on Patreon. It helps me to keep making these podcasts have agency over what I publish and it gives people the opportunity to have a workshop that they might otherwise not be able to afford. You can find me at patreon.com forward slash george's poetry workshop thank you very much in advance for your support the final section of this podcast looks at how we might use the anarchist poetics technique i'm going to read a section from christina rossetti's goblin market which i'll use as the example goblin market by christina rossetti morning and evening maids heard the goblins cry Come by, our orchard fruits, come by, come by. Apples and quinces, lemons and oranges, plump unpecked cherries, melons and raspberries, bloom down cheeked peaches, swart headed mulberries, wild freeborn cranberries, crab apples, dewberries, pineapples, blackberries, apricots, strawberries, all ripe together in summer weather, morns that pass by, fair eaves that fly come by, come by. Our grapes fresh from the vine, pomegranates full and fine, dates and sharp bullises, rare pears and green gages, damsons and bilberries, taste them and try. Currants and gooseberries, bright fire-like barberries, figs to fill your mouth, citrons from the south, sweet to tongue and sound to eye, come by, come by. I think it's such an amazing poem, really, I I start to salivate when I read that. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous, and I think it's fascinating as well that the rhythm changes towards the end, figs to fill your mouth. It's a real... Sharp moment, and there's a sinister element there that you get from these goblins, a sinister tone. So, I find this poem quite intimidating in terms of technique, and to get rid of that intimidating feeling, to alleviate that fear, I start to create a dialogue between me and Rossetti, which is the technique here anarchist poetics. So I might say to Rossetti, Christina Rossetti, please help me. I am trying to write a poem and I was wondering if you have any advice for me. And Rossetti might say, yes, let's have a look at Goblin Markets. Let's look at the title. What does your version of a Goblin Market look like? She might also say, I use a lot of listing in my poem to help my reader envisage and taste the fruits that I'm describing. And so you might try that in your poems. You might have a go at listing. And listing is something that, stepping out of character here, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about in a lot more detail in next week's workshop. Rosetti might also say, well, why don't you focus on a fruit from my list that you know really well, such as strawberries, and see if you can describe it in detail, focusing again on what it looks like, what it smells like, the sort of tastes you get from it. Perhaps it's changing nature, how it can rot and mold too. You might even borrow my rhyme scheme, rhyming every other line, for example, cry and buy in those first four lines. So if you have ideas coming to mind as you're listening to this, have a go at writing some of those down, and if you have time now, try writing a poem. You might also like to go to your own shelf and pick a poem that you really love, and figure out why you love it, and perhaps use some of those techniques. So you might have a conversation with Elizabeth Bishop on her poem The Fish. She's on my mind at the moment. I've been reading quite a lot about her. <laughs> and she might say, well, this is a moment in time, this is an event. So perhaps you'd like to focus on something like that as well. So you might have a memory that springs to mind or something from your day that struck you or moved you that you can then write about and transform into a poem. That's what I've really learned over the last few months, that when you try to write a poem about something that doesn't move you or strike you or fascinate you, it can be more difficult to write Because there's so much feeling that can be behind a poem, and your reader wants to connect with you with those words. And having something that you care about can help you develop that feeling. Considering what I said about journaling and writing down ideas at the beginning of the podcast, I'd like to emphasise how exciting process can be, and learning about what's important to you and how you work is amazing and relevatory and just as thrilling as completing a poem. So now's the time to go off and start a first draft on a new piece. And I'd love to hear how you get on and hear about your process. So please do find me on Patreon or on Twitter as well, at GCTheWriter. Thank you very much to you, the listener, for joining George's Poetry Workshop. And I'd also like to thank Portamento for creating our brilliant podcast music. See you next week.